Hi, and welcome to Perspectives on Perseverance with Dr. Mark Ballard, President of Northeastern Baptist College in Bennington, Vermont. At NEBC, we are committed to developing the mind of a scholar, the heart of a shepherd, and the perseverance of a soldier. This podcast seeks to provide biblical, historical, and contemporary perspectives on perseverance that will help you persevere in your walk with the Lord and in your service to Him, to His people, and His creation. This is our second season, and this is episode six, and we're so glad you joined us. Today, we're going to continue our series in understanding Christian citizenship, and we will be looking at the second institution of God's design. President Ballard, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Joe. How about yourself? I'm doing very well. I'm looking forward to this discussion, looking forward to going over your sermon uh, from the last chapel, and I think this will be very beneficial to our listeners. Well, I'm excited about it, too. Uh, It is so important if we're going to be Christian citizens that we understand all three institutions uh, that God ordained and understand that He gave them these certain responsibilities. And so today we come to actually the second institution in time that God, uh, that God ordained, and that is actually government. Uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget that God ordained government even before He ordained the church. Uh, he had an intention and a plan for uh, government. In fact, uh, we see the hints at the first government right where we left off last time in Genesis chapter 4, when Cain goes and he builds a city. And we see other cities raising up throughout the book of Genesis. And we see cultures, we see, uh, we see countries uh, beginning to form. And so obviously from the formation of a city requires governmental uh, direction. It requires laws. It requires uh, enforcement of those laws, judgment of those, uh, the uh, breaking of those laws. All of the things that we see government doing throughout Scripture. And so there we actually can go a lot of places to learn about government in the Bible because, again, from Genesis chapter 4 on, we begin to see hints of government. And then in sometimes, and in certain places, we see direct statements about government and about what a government is to do and is not to do. And, of course, when we actually get to uh, Genesis chapter uh, chapter 11 and 12, Uh, things begin to shift right there, and so we get into chapter 12, and now God chooses Abraham and calls him out of his city, out of the government that he was involved in, and uh, sends him to a new place to establish a new nation uh, that he actually uh, is the father of, but uh, the nation was not established until long after uh, his life was over with, but God began to give instruction about that. And then we jump forward to Moses, And uh, God has his chosen people, and the emphasis in Scripture primarily at that point then becomes a different style of government than you and I have ever experienced, Joe, or uh, ever will (laughs) until the kingdom of God arrives, actually. Oh, looking forward to that. Uh, But it was a theocracy where God Mm -hmm. himself was the leader of the nation of Israel, though at times they did not follow him or recognize that. And then he, uh, he worked through Moses, he worked through uh, the judges, uh, he worked through kings eventually. And uh, so we see a different type of government uh, in that. But all, of, all along, we see the children of Israel and the nation of Israel interacting with other nations and governments. And so mm-hmm. there is a whole lot in Scripture about government. However... Um, for time, I want us just to focus on one passage of Scripture, Joe. 
And uh, I think it is probably the clearest passage in all the Bible on the role of government. And so uh, we're going to be looking at uh, Romans chapter 13. And uh, if you listen uh, to the chapel services of Northeastern Baptist College, you heard me preach on that not long ago. And uh, this text is actually one that that uh, we can look at when we start talking about submission within the institutions that God has ordained. But we're not going to do that today. I really just want to focus on the responsibilities of the government itself, as we see in this paragraph, the first seven verses of uh, Romans 13. Yeah, President Ballard, and I just want to say, and uh, maybe this is to our... Uh... Uh, our shame, but uh, it seems Romans 13 is a relatively uh, new passage to many American Christians, and mm. and I think we, uh, when COVID hit, we had to start considering what Romans 13 means in our religious liberty context. Mm. So I'm looking uh, very much forward to hearing you elaborate on this passage and to to expound it to us. Well, I tell you what, Joe, I I know that you're doing a lot of work on uh, religious liberty, as we mentioned a few episodes ago right now, Mm -hmm. and uh, some of the the things that we need to discuss about religious liberty are down the road. Uh, They'll they'll be coming, Um, and because at some point we're going to start talking about what happens when there's conflict between these three institutions and what happens when there's conflict in any of these institutions between God's law oh, and yeah. God's intent versus what is happening in the home well, and the I, government. You know, I can answer that question and just tell our listeners, go read the Minor Prophets. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, that's your homework, listeners, uh, before we get there. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, as, we, uh, as we're moving along here, I just want to point out three things from uh, Romans chapter 13 verses 1 through 7. Again, the focus and the primary push here of the Apostle Paul is about being submissive to government. Now, that is really amazing, and and we're going to go there in the days ahead, but especially when you consider the fact that Paul was talking about the Roman Empire. I mean, Mm -hmm. people talk about today, well, it was one thing to submit to government when, uh, when we had a government that tried to at least show respect for the Judeo-Christian values uh, of our country, that our country impacted our country for many years. But our government is so evil today. Uh, and, and you know, the, the fact is, is we have come a long way in the wrong direction. Uh, but when you go back and consider the Roman government, I mean, that's ah, pretty bad. Oh, and, yeah. uh, and certainly um, uh, Caesar was, uh, especially at this time, uh, who ultimately Nero would would order the execution of the Apostle Paul, right. uh, who at this juncture is writing saying to be subject to them. But, but, but Paul in this text not only speaks to us about submission, and again, we'll come back to that and deal with that more, but here what I want us to notice today is three principles about the, uh, the role of government and the establishment of government. So the first one is this. It's just very simple that the government's appointed by God. Um, sometimes we, we forget that, and uh, we, we think, well, government is appointed because they were stronger. Uh, mm-hmm. They had a better military. They were more organized militarily, or uh, government is appointed uh, by our vote uh, and, and so forth, and our vote is important, and we can talk about that. But in this statement that we find in this text, it is very important to realize that 
God established the concept of government. God in, God is the one who did this. It wasn't mankind saying we need a government, but it was God himself. In fact, in verse 1, he said this, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. But, but now here's what I want you to notice. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. And so, so very clearly and right up front here, uh, Paul says, listen, uh, God is the one who ordained government. God is the one who appointed government. God is the one who established the concept of government. Now, did that mean that Paul agreed with everything that Caesar did? Obviously not. Did that mean that, uh, that since God has appointed government and Caesar was the, the, the uh, head of the world government at that time, the, the Roman Empire, does that mean that everything that Caesar did was okay? Or does that mean that God ordained everything that Caesar did? And the answer to that would be no. Right. Uh, because Caesar did a lot of evil things. And in fact, uh, it's a little while after this, but not long after this, that Caesar actually begins to, to have people killed that claim the name of Jesus Christ. Right. Including the Apostle Paul, as I mentioned a moment ago, including Peter. Uh, and including others. In fact, uh, the Roman persecution became so intense uh, that uh, we know about the gladiators and all that kind of stuff. Listen, God does not ordain evil. That is so crucial to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, uh, he cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone by evil, according to the Word of God. James chapter 1 is one place you mm-hmm. can see that. Right. But that's a theme carried throughout Scripture. So we're not saying that God ordained Caesar to do evil. But what we are saying is God ordained government. And at this moment, when Paul wrote this letter, Caesar was in charge of the government. So because of the position that he held, that God had ordained for someone to hold, and he held that, then respect and submission needed to be given to him as the one who held the position that God appointed yeah, and, and President Ballard, I, I got to add to this um, what I have found uh, to be very interesting, and, and d- it doesn't matter really which persuasion you come from. Government uh, is clearly a restraining thing. Um, at, I'm sorry, I don't mean to, to get ahead of you. You're going to use restraining in a different way than I do, but um, some people call government a common grace, mm-hmm. and and I believe that's a great exa- a great explanation of what it is. God has appointed the concept of government because people are sinful and cannot control themselves. Even families, in the the most devout Christian manner nowadays possible, are still prone to sinfulness. Absolutely, and there are there will always be problems until that kingdom that we look forward to comes. And so I just I think that's really important for, important for us to realize is, is God doesn't ordain sinful governments. God ordains governments to govern people because people need it because people are sinful. Absolutely, and 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 though the family is the foundational institution, mm-hmm. there are multiple families. So how do you deal with right. that? Um, yeah. If every family, if, if, if every family sets their own rules. What if those rules contradict one another? And so, therefore, right. God established government, and, and that is the case. You're exactly right. Um, but, but I want us to see not only that God established government or he appointed government, so government's appointed by God, but also that government is an avenger of evil. 
mm. on behalf of God. Now, we must not forget that, especially right now in, in the time in which we live. You, you know, there's been a lot of talk in recent months, Joe, about uh, getting rid of police departments because of, uh, of some mm. wrongdoing of certain police. Yeah. And uh, let's just defund police altogether. Let's just not have them. Uh, there is a lot of disrespect for law enforcement. There's a lot of disrespect for, for um, the court system. Right. There's a lot of disrespect uh, for our Constitution and, and our laws of our land. There's disrespect for the presidency. There's different disrespect for Congress. And, um, and so we see the flaws, and so we, we think it's okay to disrespect them and, or maybe even defund them or, or, or derail them, whatever, just get rid of them altogether. Uh, dismantle police departments is a is a term that we've heard, but I want I want our listeners to understand that according to Romans thirteen, uh, God actually entrusted the government to avenge evil. Now, Joe, you and I cannot avenge evil, or should not avenge evil. Um, if someone breaks into your home, Joe, and uh, you have a opportunity, and you have even a responsibility uh, to um, to act in self-defense of that. But when we talk about vengeance, what we're talking about is somebody does wrong, and after the fact, we're not talking about defending in the moment, but after the fact, you're going to go get them back for what they did. And, right. and God clearly says, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. However, God actually, throughout Scripture, and very clearly in these next few verses I'm about to share with you, says that I am entrusting that stewardship of, venging, of, of revenge or of avenging mm-hmm. during this lifetime on the earth. I am entrusting that role not to the, not to the home, by the way, not to the church, <laughs> right. but to the government. Yeah. So, so listen to what he says, Therefore, whoever resists the authorities, verse 2, resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what's good, and you will have praise from the same. Now, now here's the key in verse 4. For he, speaking of the person in this government role, in Paul's case, Caesar at that time, uh, as far as the, the empire, there were other proconsuls and, and so forth, and even King Herod. But whoever is in that position of governmental authority, he says, for he is God's minister. Literally, Joe, there the word is deacon. He's Mm -hmm. God's deacon. He is God's servant. He's God's minister, not as a deacon in a church, but he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's deacon, he is God's minister, to avenge and execute wrath on him who practices evil. Now, those are strong words and strong statements. God says he is, he is the minister of God. Government is the minister of God to carry the sword, not in vain, but to unsheath that sword and use it to avenge evil. Um, the government has a responsibility before God to carry out justice and not not injustice, and that is wrong when government is involved in injustice and it right. it should be dealt with. 
but they do have a responsibility for justice, including bearing the sword, and yes, even in Scripture, capital punishment. That is that is clearly the role of government. In fact, this concept of being an avenger to execute wrath on those who practice evil go beyond just uh, government within their own country, but also there is the concept of just war, and what Scripture teaches is a just war. And there are times that a country must go to war on behalf of avenging evil that has been dealt with. So when the United States uh, entered World War II, it was appropriate. It was right because we needed to avenge the evil of uh, Adolf Hitler and the Nazi Nazi regime of uh, their uh, mistreatment of Jews and of many other groups. And so the fact of the matter is, is God has entrusted the government to bear the sword, to be an avenger of evil uh, on behalf of God. They, mm-hmm. They're God's servant in doing so. Yeah, yeah. And, and President Ballard, you just used a, a huge illustration. And um, World War II uh, was right after World War I, if you didn't know that, the chronology <laughs> of the you, two of Thank them. you, I appreciate that. I, I really appreciate you letting me know that uh, World War Two came after World War One. So yeah, that's yeah. Great. But what I was gonna say is, in World War One, the U.S. was very slow hmm. to get involved because hmm. they had a principle of isolationism, hmm. and and frankly, I I'm attracted by the idea of isolationism. But if government is God's avenger of evil, government is also going to prevent evil from coming into its circumstances mm-hmm. or coming into its territory, its mm-hmm. sovereignty, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so it was necessary, as the American people then and the president then uh, in World War I, as it was in World War II, that America intervene because there was a fast-spreading evil not only harming American allies, but also creating problems in America that would create more problems should it take hold. Absolutely. Absolutely, no, no question about it. And 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 they were actually uh, our country at that time was actually acting on behalf of God. Is the point that Paul yeah. is making here as an avenger of evil? Yeah. And uh, and and that is the that is the case uh, when uh, if if there's a shooting and mm-hmm. um, and you know the police arrive and to stop the shooting they they shoot. And take out the uh, perpetrator. That or is, they vindicate you for doing so. Well, the or, government's still involved. Absolutely, absolutely. And so that is the the role of government to do that. Um, and and it's so crucial to understand that God has entrusted them. So the government is appointed by God. The government right. is the avenger of evil on behalf of God. But Joe, this text also teaches us that the the government is to attend to the restraining work of God. Now, Mm -hmm. this is easy to miss Mm -hmm. in reading this if you're not paying close attention, so pay close attention to what happens. He says in verse 5, Therefore you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience' sake. So in other words, he's already told us, be afraid of the government for wrath because they're to avenge evil. But now he says, not only for that reason, but for another reason, for the sake of your conscience. And so we have been given a conscience. Um, the Bible tells us the law of God's written on our hearts. Uh, people, people have a conscience that uh, lets them know of right and wrong. And of course, the problem is, is we can, we can harden our conscience, we can sear our conscience, the Bible says, and we can come to a place of not being uh, listening to our conscience. And so he says, but listen, 
the government's there for your conscience sake. And you say, well, what does he mean by that? Well, he explains it in verse 6. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers, again, God's deacons, attending continually to this very thing. Therefore, render therefore to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, custom to whom customs are due, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor. Honor. So let me give you a, a, an easy example of that, Joe. Um, when when you first uh, start driving, when someone first starts driving, you know, they learn all the laws and they're very careful about those, whether it's, you know, making sure you come to a complete stop at a stop sign, uh, you know, might be one. And, and so you, you kind of do that. And, and then after a while, you, you begin to like just kind of look both ways and and do what in Colorado they call it the 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 uh, California stop. Yeah, we, uh, we California roll. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. California rolls. What we call it here, but but uh, the idea is is we forget the stop sign and we actually do the uh, yield, like if it was a yield <laughs> sign instead. Wait, you have to slow down at a yield sign. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know you, you know our conscience when you first start driving. <gasps> oh, there's a stop sign. Yeah. I got I got to stop. <laughs> Uh, but after a while, you kind of get comfortable, and it's easy just to like do the do the California stop, you right. know, to, to just kind of yield a little bit and keep going. But I promise you, if on the other side of the intersection there is a police vehicle <laughs> with someone in it, uh, you are going to all of a sudden have a uh, a revival of your conscience and come <laughs> to a complete stop. Uh, and, and there is something about. Uh, knowing that they are there. And by the way, how can they be there? They're there because they are paid to be there. And how are they paid to be there? They're paid to be there through our taxes, which is what Paul is the point he's making here. So actually, government actually is used as a restrainer to help us with our right. with our conscience. So again, government is to attend to the restraining work of God. So you're telling me in the perfect world, our taxes go to helping us rather than harming us. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that is the intent of the taxes, no right. doubt. And of course, right. we all know that sometimes taxes are misused, and uh, that's problematic. But And, and uh, by the way, taxes were misused by Caesar. Oh, certainly. Uh, but, but Jesus's point when we started this series, and Paul's point here is, listen, you pay the taxes not because of the person holding that office, but because of the position of that office, mm -hmm. because God has ordained them for that task. Now, when a government carries out injustice, when a government is not fulfilling their role properly, they will answer to God for that. But our responsibility as a general rule is to be subject to government, understanding that a government is appointed by God, government is an avenger of evil on behalf of God, and government is to attend to the restraining work of God on his behalf. And so that restraining work is very crucial to the role of our government. Absolutely. Thank you so much, President Ballard. And thank you for listening with us again on Perspectives on Perseverance. If you'd like to know more about Northeastern Baptist College, you can visit us online at www.nebcvt. Dot org. If you have a question that you'd like to email us, uh, you can send it for a future Lion's Den episode to Perspectives on Perseverance at nebcvt.org. And might I remind you again, if you want to listen to the sermons that these podcasts are covering and uh, going in deeper with, you can listen to The Shepherd's Pulpit on uh, podcast, 
uh, through iTunes or on our website. Uh, No matter what today may bring, persevere and have a great day in Jesus. From the heart of the Northeast, for the hearts of the world, we will persevere as soldiers to the right or left. We will not veer, we will not run, we will not quit. For with Christ strengthened our